Welcome to episode 16 of the Free Spirit Academy podcast, where I'm talking about my 90-day juice fast and why extremes aren't the answer. Free Spirit Academy is about you being fully you. My name is Randy Moss, and I'm an eating psychology coach and kundalini yoga teacher, bringing you conversations about freedom from rigid diets, painful body image, and never-ending cycles of self-help and self-improvement. This is about honoring our own bodies and our purest self-expression. going to be one of those episodes where it's me by myself. I wanted to talk about something that I took on a few years ago, and I'm acting like I'm going to be all mysterious about it, but you did hear the intro, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, I became enamored with doing a long juice fast, or what they were calling juice feasting, and they still do. This is not like a thing that doesn't exist anymore. Um, But it was back in the day when raw food was blowing up on the internet, and I followed everyone in that world. And one of those people was Angela Stokes. And she'd gotten kind of niche raw food, niche, niche, like a sort of niche famousness um, in the raw food world for having been obese. And I think she lost like 150 pounds or something like that. And it was by eating a raw foods diet. So as far as I can tell, she was one of the main people, if not the main person, that sort of brought this juice feasting thing to people's attention. I might be wrong about that, but she was who brought it to my attention. So I, like I said, I was enamored. I followed her daily blog where she posted her juices for the day, all the way to day 92 where she shared a video of herself looking just, oh my gosh, so dewy and glowy and wide-eyed and eating a bowl of prunes in like ecstasy and of course... I thought to myself, like, this is the ultimate. If you can juice your way through three months, like, how could you come out the other end anything but utterly transformed into, like, you know, the butterfly you so desperately want to be? What I didn't realize, though, was that transformation can't be forced. Like, you can't pull a butterfly out of its cocoon and expect it to flutter away happily. And this is not a doom and gloom story, and I'm not bashing anyone or anything. It just might have a more unexpected set of twists and turns than you might usually hear from people's juice fasting or transformation stories. So I'm not going to conclude that fasting is either good or bad. I'm just going to share my experience. So it was about 10 years ago that I was seeing this juice feasting thing blow up, and I don't think I explained this. Juice feasting is just a more calorically um, full, dense version of fasting. So drinking enough juice in the day to function well in day-to-day life. And around five years ago, I went for it myself. And honestly, at the time, it really didn't feel all that extreme. I'd spent years before that cleaning up my diet, and I was juicing daily, and doing really regular colon cleansing and that sort of thing. And I'd lost something like 30 pounds, and... I'd cleared up old migraines and painful period issues, and of course, of course, of course, blogged about it all over the place and (laughs) splashed about my fancy schmancy before and after pictures. And the thing was, the side that no one saw was how hard I was trying. I had lived so long in this fantasy of who I would be someday that even after a decent weight loss, I still didn't feel like I was there, that I had arrived. And I wasn't this 
free-spirited, happy, confident person I imagined I'd be. I was just the homebody hiding behind her computer, turning down party invitations that, so that she wouldn't binge or mess up her diet. So on a surface level, I was obsessed with food and cleansing, but on a deeper level, I was obsessed with fixing myself. Because I felt so uncomfortable in my skin and so so uncool and so awkward and I didn't feel smart or funny or really free to be myself in any way. So I held on to the fantasy. The someday when my body looks this certain way or when I've cleansed all the toxicity from my body, I imagined once I was there, how could I feel anything but free? And it was what I clung to. Because... For me, I was like, how could I possibly feel free when my belly's bloated and my cheeks are chubby and I have headaches and I don't feel strong? So while I had managed to willpower my way down to a smaller size and physically felt better, it took so much effort to maintain. And the binge eating I'd never not struggled with was still very much there. And I really didn't think at all of myself as a perfectionist. Um, but in this one little area, it was really all or nothing. This constant battle of getting my food right on paper, then messing up, saying fuck it, and eating myself sick, only to sit down with my journal and cry and plan out my new, more perfect food plan for the next day. And it was an incredible distraction from being with myself. And the cycle had this really drug-like high. So there's a high and hope of that perfect diet plan and then sticking with that plan and then the desperate rage of falling off and then the intoxicating fall into eating all the food and once again, the hopeful high of starting over. And it felt to me that I was the only one who really cared about taking care of myself and I was reaching for the highest possibility I knew and if I couldn't reach that ideal, it just all went out the window. I didn't trust myself to be myself or be with myself, and I didn't trust myself to eat without rules, and I didn't trust that I could possibly like myself if I wasn't working so hard on improving myself. So as long as I was on my self-improvement bandwagon, I'd feel decently self-lovey and determined and confident and fierce and on fire, but once I was out of control, the shame was, I mean, it was almost unbearable. So when I realized I was going to do this juice thing, it was just that. It was like light bulb, like realization. I just knew. And it felt right. It wasn't this, um, this weird racy high that you get when you commit to a new diet plan. I mean, there was excitement and the hope of a perfect body and flawlessly vibrant health and a whole happily ever after sort of vibe. And speaking of happily ever after, I was getting married that year, so there was definitely the vision of being my sparkliest, most ethereal cover of a yoga magazine self for pictures, but there was something more. It just felt intuitively and calmly like the right next step, and I still feel that way looking back, though for entirely different reasons than I did at the time. So at the time, it was all like, you know, oh, the, the universe is supporting me to make my dreams come true and I'll finally be the person I want to be and all this. But with several years hindsight, I can see that this juice feast was kind of the perfect thing to break me from all of that. And I don't mean 
in a harsh, punishing way, I was doing enough harsh punishing to myself, I mean just in a gently prodding, like, hey, if the most extreme thing you can think of doesn't give you what you want, maybe there's a bigger picture. But more on that in a bit. I dove into the juice feast about a week after that realization with the intention, like Angela Stokes, of course, to blog every day of the journey. And so that's what I did. I shared my journaling, the insights, the intensity of what came out in my near daily colon cleansing, the weight I was losing, the cravings, the highs, the lows, and all this. And somewhere right around the middle, I made two big choices. First, I left my job as a flight attendant, which was something I was so sure was holding me back from having a good relationship with food, and by that, I mean I figure I hated my job so much it was making me binge, and there was so much more to the picture than this, but that's where I was at at the time. So, I left my flight attendant job after getting hired at a raw food cafe, so here I am, only drinking juice, and now preparing food for other people, and again... After a brief, oh my gosh, I'm so much more in alignment with who I really am high, I realized I felt just as unsettled. The second big decision was buying my wedding dress. <laughs> I hadn't eaten solid food for well over a month, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy the dress now. I think somewhere deep down I figured it would be like motivation to keep the body that I was currently fitting into the dress. And other than that... There's not much else to tell about the fast itself. I mean, the blog still exists, it's out there, but in general, really, there were highs and lows, but that's just life. It, it had more of an intensity to it, sure. And I almost quit once, but I was talked back from the brink by a friend who was actually doing the whole fast with me. And she had done several of these long fasts before, and so blah, 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 and it ended. And my first taste of solid food was... Mm, it was underwhelming. There was the excitement, of course, the euphoria, really, over having done the thing. But that was kind of it. And it wasn't more than a week or two before I would be pretty regularly sobbing in the bathroom or the kitchen floor with a belly full of coconut oil-laden chocolate truffles from my new place of work. Obviously, I was devastated. I, this was not the happily ever after thing I was looking for. It was really a nightmare, and I was so disappointed in myself. Not to mention that I felt guilty every time I took a bite of food, feeling like it was standing in the way of me and fitting into that wedding dress. And it's it's funny, and it's sad, of course, but for some reason it's funny to me now. I, I created this whole series of password-protected posts on my blog to talk first about my emotional and binge eating struggles, and that's not what I'm laughing at, they morphed into this series that I called Wheatgrass and the Wedding Dress, where I shared my brand new diet plan consisting of actually, like, literally nothing but nuts and avocados and green vegetables. So, alongside which, <laughs> this was not part of the actual plan, I was including multiple shots of espresso to keep my energy up. And on the day of my wedding, I all I had was three shots of espresso, a few sips of green juice, and like a half an avocado. And it's so funny that I remember it, but I do remember it so distinctly because while my wedding day was actually really the sweetest day of my life, 
I had so much anxiety about the dress fitting that day. And it did. It did. Just barely. And of course, post-wedding, that green diet morphed into eating whatever I wanted with glee. And I think there was only glee because I had the intention that it would only be temporary. It took a good couple of years to truly get any insight. And in fact, rather than instant clarity, you know what I did? I jumped into another long fast just a few months later, and it felt so bad. It felt terrible. It felt awful and forced, and there was no sense of rightness or ease whatsoever in it. But it was what allowed me to finally settle in and stop pushing myself and trying to rush myself. And it was the beginning of letting myself just trust my body and trust life, even if just a little bit at first, rather than constantly trying to hack or fast track or be in perfect control. And I had presented the fasting, like on my blog and such, very much like this spiritual quest and I was going to get rid of everything that wasn't really me, belly fat included, of course. And I was going in like a warrior to slay all my demons and all of the hated aspects and parts of myself that were holding me back. And what I wasn't seeing was that actually no part of me needed slaying or getting rid of. Like literally no part. Every single aspect within my being was crying out to be seen clearly and understood and expressed functionally rather than dysfunctionally and destructively. And my intentions around food shifted. And rather than thinking that I'd be blissed out and beautiful and spiritually connected once I needed as much food as a little fairy being, I actually allowed myself to eat what I loved and needed. And that continues to evolve. And rather than trying to fix my food issues by not eating, I looked at why the binge eating was even there, and believe it or not, I managed to fall in love with the binge eater in me. And I actually saw how this part of me, she was on my side. Just like my body had been on my side the entire time, sending me signals that, for a very long time, I was too scared to listen to. So, I never arrived in the ways that I was expecting. And prior to taking myself on this little adventure, I considered arriving to mean that I would look like the cover of a magazine. But the sense of arrival, sense of arrival I actually found was in the willingness to accept who and what I was. And notice I say willingness to accept, because it wasn't like this straight jump into perfect self-acceptance and self-love, but it was just this gentle softening. And, and the willingness itself was the sense of arrival I needed to feel like I could rest into the journey. And in that way, I feel like I'm here. Like, I'm here, I've arrived. And at the same time, I'll never stop growing. So, I say so a lot, don't I? Um, the message today is this. There's really, truly no need to rush. You're not behind. You don't need a hack. And self-acceptance, this is really important. Self-acceptance is not stagnancy. It's so far from it. Our next steps on this whole life journey thing are always right in front of us. And it can't, it can't be shortcut. The adventure is right in front of our faces, I promise. And that's not to say that it comes without pain. It can be hard to be with where we are. But it's a whole lot harder to fight it.
So I hope that this was helpful. If you are, you know, in the self-help world, the, the dieting world, the cleansing world, the fasting world, any of these things, there's so much beauty there and there can be a use for all of it. Um, but it has to come from a place of I'm okay now and I'm actually listening and this is actually a next step that feels in alignment with where I'm at. And it should feel decently easy. It should never feel like you're pushing or forcing yourself into the next step, whether it's, it's health-related or spiritual growth-related or whatever the thing is, there should be a sense of ease to it. So I hope this is helpful. I'll talk to you.